Last week was incredible, friends. We preached from the gospel about Jesus, our champion, our hero, the one that goes before us, Jesus who fights for us. It was amazing. And then at the end of the service, we sang that song, Champion. It was proper. And after the song, a grandfather, one of the grandfathers in church, came up to me and he caught me and he said, we need to live in 2020 with 2020 vision. And I thought, wow, that's quite amazing. We need to live with 2020 vision in 2020. And it stuck with me this whole week, living with 2020 vision. He's looking at me here last week through his glasses. He doesn't have 2020 vision, but he's saying we need to live with spiritual 2020 vision in, 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 our, in our vision with the Lord in 2020 vision. And so that's the slide. Jay put it for us on the, on the screen there. That's what we're going to start off this series. I don't know how long we're going to be in this series, but we're going to call it 2020 Vision for the next couple of weeks. I don't know, maybe even the next couple of months together. And so if you're an optometrist, please leave your card at the info desk because business is about to start booming. <laughs> okay, I'm joking. Don't do that. We're talking about spiritual 2020 vision. But you know what I'm trusting? That Jesus, the miracle working Father through His power of the Holy Spirit, is going to open people's spiritual eyes in 2020. And so let's ask somebody to pray today who's going to speak with power, anointing, and ask God's uh, authority to move. Jesus, the miracle working power. Won't you pray, Chris? Father, we just quieten our hearts this morning, just in anticipation of what you want to come and say to each one of us. Lord, what you want to say to us as a church, but what you want to speak into each of our hearts as individuals. And so, Lord, would you use Daryl's voice this morning to come and move in our hearts. May it be your word in our hearts that we hear this morning. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you move amongst us? Let us not leave this place this morning having not just come into, into contact with you, having had a revelation through your word. And so, use Daryl this morning, we pray. Minister to us. Would you be glorified in and through the, the message preached this morning, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're going to do something different. We're going to stand together as we read the Word of God today. And so if you're in a wheelchair or if you've had a knee operation, that's okay. You don't have to stand. If you've been on the bike or if you've run a marathon in springs, no excuse. Stand. We're going to stand together. Let's stand. As we, as we look at the screen, we're going to read Psalm 90, the whole psalm. We're going to read it together. So you can read it from your Bible, Lali, or you can read it on the screen. If you're looking at it in your Bible or on your smartphone, there's a heading there before we start reading. It says, A prayer of Moses, the man of God. Say that with me. A prayer of Moses. The man of God. And so today we're going to read a psalm that an old man, he's a grandpa now, Moses wrote us this psalm, Psalm 90. Let's read it together. I'm going to read it. You can just read it with me. It's always good to stand because we need to give God's word its rightful place. That's why we're standing today. Lord, you have been our dwelling place 
throughout all generations before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. If you don't want to read it, it's fine. Let me read it. Just keep standing. You turn people back to dust, saying, Return to dust, O sons of men. For a thousand years in your sight. Incredible. Or just like one day gone by. A thousand years. 365,000 days or like a watch in the night. A watch in the night is just three hours. He's comparing 365,000 days in God's time to just 24 hours in our time frame. Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it's dry and it's withered. We are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. You have set our iniquities before you. Our secret sins are in the light of your presence. My secret sins are in the light of God's presence. All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. The length of our days is 70 or 80 years. If you ride bicycles or if you stay cross-fit, you'll live to be 70 or 80. Did you catch that? Yet the best of these years are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. If only we knew the power of your anger, your wrath is as great as the fear that is due you. Teach us. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I worked out my days. I've been alive today. 16,242 days alive today. How many days have you been alive? Uh, uh, let me ask you, how many, how many days have you got left? How many days have you got left on this earth? According to the scripture, if I live to be 70 or 80, like my friend Marnie who drives and rides a KTM, I've only got about 12,958 days left. How many days have you got left? Teach us, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Relent, Lord. How long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy. We were singing for joy today and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us. For as many years as we have seen trouble. May your deeds be shown to your servants. Your splendor to your children. Say children. Splendor to your children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us. Establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Just keep standing. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 17. Just a quick two, three liner here. Matthew 17. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. There Jesus was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the lights. Just then he appeared, them appeared before them. Right there, Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. You may be seated, please. Thank you, friends. Today, we are going to learn something from an old man, from a grandpa. Moses is old now. He's been around for a long time. Jay, put that number up for us on the board there, please, friends. 137. What's that all about? The theologians, the scholars, the clever people, the maths whiz kids, they worked out that Moses... When he was in the wilderness for 40 years, 
He would have had to have done 137 funerals every single day for 40 years. 137 funerals every single day for 40 years. Moses has been through a lot, friends. And he writes Psalm 90. And he, he says, teach us. Teach us to number our days. He writes from a deep sense of reality. He writes from a deep sense of pain. And he says, I've been around for a long time. I've done 137 funerals a day. I've seen life go by. I've seen how short life is. He's saying to us this morning, friends, please, please don't waste your time. It's coming from a sense and wisdom from an old man. Paul says something interesting in Ephesians. He says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom the whole family derives its name. From whom the whole family derives its name. You and I are given our name. The whole family from God, our heavenly Father. Everybody derives their name from the Father in heaven. In Luke it says, Jesus designated, he named them apostles. Jesus gave them a name. And so point number one today, friends, what is your name? What is my name? What is your name, sir? Moses, top of Psalm 90, Moses, man of God. That's his name. Now you might remember in the Old Testament, God said to Moses, he said, Moses, my, my, my buddy, you're not going to enter into the promised land because you and Aaron didn't trust me enough. Moses didn't enter into the promised land. But now we've read in Matthew, Moses is standing there with Jesus, next to Jesus. Jesus is in his glory. Moses is standing next to Jesus. How come? Because Moses believed in God. Moses believed what he wrote, friends, in Psalm 90. He believed that I, Moses, am a man of God. Jesus is standing next to Moses. He was with him. Moses didn't allow the label of murderer because he murdered somebody. Moses didn't allow the label of stutterer. He couldn't speak in public. He stuttered. Moses didn't allow the label of an angry man because many times he lost his temper. He didn't allow the label to determine who he was. Moses was designated. He was named to be man of God. Say man of God. Man of God. We've got two things. We've got our name. You've got your name, Adrian. I've got my name, Daryl. You've got your name, Carl. And then we've got a label. Every one of us have got at least one label. That man's got a label. I've got a couple of labels. And you've heard me speak about the one label that my mom doesn't like me talking about. So I'll stand here. Let her friends protect her there. I went to primary school on the other side of the railway line and I was never diagnosed with this label until I started interacting here at Faramir with some of the teachers and some of the senior staff in the office. They've diagnosed me with this label. I'm ADHD. Okay, and, 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 I, and, and it's okay, guys. It's all right. But, but I, think, I think they've diagnosed me correctly because ba I battle to concentrate at times, eh? Yo. And so this senior lady in the office who pretty much runs the school says to my wife the other day, she says, her son is my age and he's involved in some big corporate and he's also ADHD and they've managed to get him some Ritalin to help him concentrate. She says, I can organize some for your husband, Daryl. Maybe I should try some. I haven't tried it yet, but I'm labeled. And maybe I've labeled myself with that label, ADHD. 
A-H-D. My name is Daryl, but that's a label. I want to ask you, are, live, are you living sir, according to your name or according to the label that's been put on your life? Man of God, murderer, stutterer, man who loses his temper. What are you living with, your name or your label? The businessman who sits down under immense pressure in his office and speaks to his client who owes him lots of money and he slams the phone down and he loses it. Angry man loses his temper. Is he living according to his label or man of God? So and so, that lady sitting at the back. Her husband left her. No, that's a label. Sitting at the back. Daughter of God. What is your designation, friends? We can take that word designation. We can break it up into many ways. Designation. I am designed in a certain way. Moses was designed in a certain way. He was designed to lead God's people. And he messed up, man. Big time. He murdered. And he couldn't speak properly. He got angry and lost his temper many times. But through his life, the older he got, the clearer his vision became. He started living with 20-20 vision, focusing and living according to how God had named him to be. What is your design, friends? God has designed you specifically in a unique way. Ask God to help you see the way he's designed you with 20-20 vision. Live that life with 20-20 vision. God has given you that design. The Father in heaven gives me my design and he's designated you exactly the way he wants you to be. Live 2020 with 2020 vision. The second part of that word is designation. That second part is a sign. Designation, it's a sign. What is your sign? What are people seeing when they come into contact with you? What sign are you showing them, friends? What sign are you giving them? A couple months back, I took a mate and his colleague to 3CR. I wanted to show them the tent before it came down, the tent that you've paid for to come down, because maybe one day we'll put it up somewhere. And just as we arrived, coincidentally, there came Rory walking through the parking lot. The fish pastor, some of you know him, lead pastor at 3CI. And, and he stopped at my friend's car, and he just started interacting, engaging with them, just started chatting to them. He didn't know we were coming, just a couple of minutes. And that night... My friend phoned me and he said, you know, where, you know, he said, you know, we've been driving back from Pretoria this afternoon and the whole way we cannot stop talking about the impact that that fish pastor had on us. He says, we have so much hope now knowing that there's actually real pastors out there that are not fake, that are real. He says, he gave us a sign of hope. I thought, wow, Rory, my mate, that fish pastor touched my friend's life in an incredible way that day. He was like a sign, just like Moses was a sign, just like you and I are meant to be signs to people around us. We sign, friends. We are a sign. We are a sign that points people into a certain direction. A mate of mine going through a really rough time a couple of months back. I decided to spend just two hours with him in his car as he drives around to different sites in business estates and home estates. And he's pretty much days flat out. Phone's all the time, if he's on a call, another call will come through. He'll try and phone back and another call will come through. We're driving around in his car and we rock up at the business park and we have to sign in. 
He's driving. He's on a call. And there's another call coming through. And he opens his window. And he takes that book, Control Access book, and he signs. But he's not looking at the book. He's looking. And he's looking at that security man. And he says to the person on the phone, Bluetooth, he's a Christian, doesn't talk on his phone while he's driving. Says to the person in the car, just hold on. Just hold on. He looks at the security man. How you doing? How's your, how's your day? Signs in. Drives off. I thought, wow, this man is a sign. He's a sign to people around him. Freedom Church, when people look at us, which direction are we pointing them into? When we are on the airplane with them, some of you are on airplanes during the week, and you're sitting with somebody, what sign, which direction are you pointing them into? We bump into them at the disc up the road here. Or we bump into them while we have a coffee ride in the mornings. What direction are we pointing them into? Either negativity, perhaps depression, certainly negativity about the country. Or are we pointing them into the direction of our Heavenly Father? The one who's designated us. The one who wants us to be a sign for Him. Which direction are you pointing them into? You're a sign. God has made you a sign. What direction are you pointing them into? Are we perfect? Never. But we're pointing them into a direction. And just last week, Saturday, if you ride bicycles, you'll understand something called the Pomona Classic. It's a ride on a Saturday. We take part. And it's quite fun. We haven't entered. And sometimes we'll slip through a red robot carefully. And it's pretty much a flat-out race around the streets. And we get to Noah Market up the climb. And all of a sudden, this youngster, this lighty, decides that he'll come and ride towards the front. And I catch myself saying to him, you haven't been here all day. And now you decide to come to the front. And he says to me, well, I actually wanted an easy ride. And I react and I say, well, if you want an easy ride, get to the back. And we go up the climb. My ticker's going, but God's pushing my ticker. Daryl, you better sort that out, boy. We get to the top, and I take his hand, and I shake it, and I'm sorry. I, I spoke to you like that, by the way. Well done for going so hard and for hurting us. Am I going to live with that label of being a loud mouth cyclist around, but only shouting more and Mensa, and being perhaps a bit arrogant at times? That's a label. Or am I going to shake his hand and apologize and live a life, man, of God? Where do you get your name from, sir? Are you, are you getting your name from the label that has been labeled on your life for years? I can't let you do that, sir. I take the gospel, the power of the gospel this morning, and I say don't live with a label that's been put on your life through your upbringing. You've got to live with a name. Name of God. you designed with purpose. And that's how God wants you to live. I had a conversation this week with a quiet, introverted, RT specialist. Man in his mid-40s. And how his CEO said to him at the end of last year, we are possibly wanting to start a new branch in Cape Town. And we will launch a massive marketing campaign now in January. And if there are any bites, if there's any prospects, we want you to look into that. And perhaps in two, three years time, we would like you to go and set up a new branch 
in Cape Town. He has this man. He's quiet. He's introverted. He's not one of these super whiz kids that have arrived. Pick me. I'm the man. With five, six thousand Instagram followers. Pick. No, no. God has designed this man with his own character and personality. And God has chosen, God has designed a life and a future for that man. Live your name, not trying to be somebody else, friends. God has designed you unique and special. And I want to say, yes, it's all very well to say he's CEO. No, no. The CEO of the world. Our heavenly father has designed you with a name and a purpose. Amen. Say Moses, man of God. Bronwyn, daughter of God. You're a daughter of God. Man of God. Eddie, man of God. Catherine, daughter. Daughter of God. Neil, you're a man of God. You're a daughter of God. You're a man of God. We need to live with our name. And maybe you're sitting there saying, Daryl, don't look at me. Because you do not know how many labels I've labeled myself with. How many labels I believe I have. No, friends. You don't know what I've been thinking this week. You and I are no different to each other. The flesh that's in you is in me. And you and I are no different even to Moses. Moses was no different to us. But he decided not to be labeled with murderer, stutterer, businessman who loses his temper. No, I am a man of God. And if you believe in Jesus, Moses says, you will stand next to him as he stands in his white shining clothes. Let's go back to Psalm 90. It's not going to be on the board, I don't think. But have a look there. It says in verse 1, the Lord is our dwelling place. Mm. That's where we dwell. I've been asking many people the last couple of days specifically, where do you stay? What's your address? Hoping that one of them might say, well, I stay in Kalami Estate. Because, man, I've been loving the jokes around Kalami Estate lately. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, don't worry. But it's all over social media. It's quite incredible what happens between neighbors at Kalami Estate. But, but you know what, friends? We, we're all interested in where someone stays. What's your address? Where do you stay? What suburb do you stay in? If I had to ask you your address, be careful, because I've just found out where Neville and Leanne stay in Atlasville. And so when I'm riding with my special friends in the early hours of the morning, we'll go past Neville's house and I'll shout out loud, Neville! And his neighbor says to him the other day, I heard the story, who's this idiot shouting your name at funny hours? So, so don't give me your address and don't tell him it's the pastor, Neville, for goodness sakes, but... But you know what? I want to know your address because I want to make you feel special. And I want to greet you when I ride past your house. Our address is important, eh? It is. You know, for Moses, he lived in many places, friends. You might know this, but Moses lived in a basket. He didn't have an inch of room to move in that basket. And maybe you feel that, that that's how you're living right now. You do not have an inch of room to move. You don't perhaps have one spare cent spare. Maybe you're living in a one-bedroom flat with two kids. You don't have an inch of room to move. But that's not your address. That's where you live. It's not your address. And we are so conditioned by society where we live, what we drive, 
Kalami Estate BMW. We're so conditioned by what address we have. We completely allow that to override the power of this scripture in Psalm 90, friends. Moses lived in a palace at a stage. Massive place. But when he put his address down, he didn't say, I lived in a palace. He said, I dwell, I live in God's presence. Incredible, eh? The Lord, he says, is my dwelling place. I met a man in a shop this week. Haven't seen him in Benoni for a couple of months. Said to him, uh, haven't seen you around. No, I've moved out near Kalami. I felt like saying, is it Kalami estate? But I didn't have it within myself to ask him that question. <laughs> Showed me some photos on his smartphone. Magnificent home. Lives out near Kalami. But if that big Lani house, friends, if that is his address, then he's in trouble. If that's his address, he's in trouble. Because when it goes badly, I'm going to give up on God. And when it goes well, I'm also going to give up on God. Moses spent 40 years. He spent 40 years in the desert. How many of you have been through a tough time since 2008 when the economy crashed? I, I think most families would say, sure, for the last 12 years we've been through a tough time. Moses had 40, 40 tough years in his life where I think his spiritual eyesight was really tested. Talk about sandstorms, talk about dust, talk about dehydration, talk about emotional, 137 funerals a day. I think he went through a tough time those 40 years. But when he gave his address, he didn't say, basket he didn't say desert he didn't say palace the lord's presence that's where i live that's where i dwell friends don't worry about your address worry about where you dwell where do you live where do you dwell you see for us as a church we believe that god has designed freedom church we believe that it was a god idea for us to see him plant a church in this school hall. And we've often said we want to be a sign as a church, pointing people to Jesus, a Jesus church. We've said that many times. For now, our address is the school hall. Yes, it is. That's where we are. And many people are saying, well, you better start two services because this is where you are and there's too many people. And as a team, I'll just share with you, we really don't sense that that's what we're going to do, friends. We sense for now we're still going to stay as one service at 9 o'clock, if that's okay with you. But our address is the school hall. And what a big responsibility to create a space where God's presence can dwell. Amazing, eh? And, and we've shared with you about possibly the future of having a piece of land where we can put up that tent. But you know what, friends? Our address needs to be where God dwells, where His presence is. In Exodus, Moses learns something incredible about God. He says, God, I want to see you. I want to experience who you are. I want to see your character. God says, okay, I'll put you in the rock and I'll walk past and you can see my back. And God says, this is me. This is who I am, the Lord, the Lord, gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love, abounding in faithfulness. This is me, maintaining love to thousands. This is me. I forgive wickedness, rebellion, and sin. That's God. That's how God gave his name to Moses. Gracious, compassionate, slow to anger. That's him. That's my address. That's where. I live. And so when I come into contact with people, I don't tell them that I live at Westfield Road in Lakefield. I tell them I live at the place 
of compassion and mercy. And I show them that sign, forgiving love, maintaining love to thousands, maintaining love, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. That's where I live. And if one day we do have a piece of land and we put the tent up and God's presence is not there, then we're in big trouble, friends. We need to make sure that we dwell and we live in God's presence. Amen? You with me? Number one, what's my designation, friends? I am a name. I'm not labeled. You're not labeled. My designation, man of God, daughter of God. A name inspires me. Labels kill me. A name inspires me. It gives me hope. Gives me authority. Gives me grace, friends. What's your designation? Number one. Number two, what's your address? And number three today, friends, what is our priority? What is our priority? Let's do the maths quickly. My goodness, my maths was useless at school. I asked the tuition center in Benoni, top private tuition center, to work out the calculation for us there. Because wise Moses says to us, our days are like a thousand days in God's eyes. Just one day here on earth. Thousand days, thousand years, sorry, compared to 24 hours. I'm almost 45. That's how old I am, almost. And according to this scripture, I've only got 50 minutes left. It's amazing, eh? 50 minutes left. What am I going to do with 50 minutes of my life? I drove down the street and I looked at two houses. Neighbors staying next to each other. Not Columbia State. And many years ago, their kids were at the same school. And this neighbor thought that their kid would receive the reward at prize giving, and they didn't. But this neighbor's kid received the reward. Two neighbors. And for five years, yeah, how's it? How's it? 50 minutes. I've got 50 minutes. They're going to be in eternity forever. But for five years, there's been this scratch between neighbors. I want to tell you, friends, I've only got 50 minutes left. What am I going to do? Oh, Daryl, rush off and see that lady at Grassroots Coffee Shop because her, her, her marriage is on the rocks. No, no. I need to spend time praying. Driving to that appointment. I've got to spend a lot more time. If I've only got 50 minutes, I've got to spend a lot more time praying. I'm not getting it right. Eh? You know what, things? You know what about prayer? I need to prioritize because prayer is a violent, non-invasive, gentle interruption in people's lives. A violent, non-invasive, gentle interruption when I pray for that man's business and I drive past. When I drive down Cloudy Street and I, drive for the, and I pray for that man. When I'm driving to see a lady after 32 years, I'm done. Whew. Oh, let me just give her two, three. No, no. Holy Spirit, what must I say to this woman today? What are you doing with your time, friends? How are you going to live your life? I did a wedding yesterday. For a man, he's 24, him and his wife got married. I don't see him here, but you've got an hour and 20 minutes left if you're here today. If you're 24 years old, you've got an hour and 20 minutes. What are you going to do? You're going to fill your life with your career, trying to create a great back balance for your kids one day. No. What are you going to do with your life? Hour, 20 minutes. Adrianus. Say, man, what your name is, my butt. He played the drums for us today. <laughs> Heard a story about him. Quick story, off topic. A man comes to church with his mate who got kicked out of a church because he came to church with no shoes on. 
Yeah. And so this other guy brings him to Freedom Church. And he says, I want a sign to be given to my mate today. I'm going to ask Adrian, the drummer, when he goes up on stage to take his shoes off. Adrianus, you're a man of God, but as you point people to our Heavenly Father. You know how much time you've got, but you've just turned 40, eh? You're halfway, my butts. I wrote it here. You've got 57 minutes left. <laughs> but take that 57 minutes. Make the most of what God has destined in that time frame for you. 57 minutes. I invited a man here today. He turned 32 on Wednesday. Tuesday morning, he hurt us so badly on the bicycle. He's 32. He turned 32 on Wednesday. I hope he's here. His name's Cussie. He ran, he ran a race in Springs today, probably in about an hour and five minutes. You know how much time he's got? He's 32 years old. He's got an hour and five minutes left according to this scripture. Time is short. And Moses, an old man, begs with us from Psalm 90, please do not waste your time, Freedom Church. Let's not waste that time. Time is short. A thousand years in God's sight is just like one day on earth. Take your name. Take your name, not the label that's been put upon you, not the label that the world has labeled you with. Take your name and live with your name because the Lord has called you a man of God, a daughter of God. Three questions What's your designation? What is your name? Man of God, daughter of God. Second question, where do you live? Not your address, where do you dwell? Number th that's it on to Lori. God's presence. Wherever I go, I live, I dwell in God's presence. And the third question, what's your priority of your time? And always remember this, Jesus with his clothes shining bright will stand next to you as you do life with Him for His glory. In Jesus' name, Amen.